0: Welcome to the Architect of Change Show (laughs) with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie.
1: Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me. My motivational quote for today is one of my favorite authors and teachers uh, of our time, and it's by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And the quote says this, what we think determines what happens to us. So if we want to change our lives, we need to stretch our mind. Have you ever experienced a profound change or trauma to your physical body that actually caused the change to you um, and your way of thinking and, and feeling and maybe even how you live? Have you ever been driven to write or journal to ease your pain and lift your spirits? That's another great tool. Have you ever tried to stretch your mind by trying to speak to your angels and guides? Do you even know how to accomplish this crazy, cool tool? Stephanie Banks is the author of A Soulful Awakening, and she's joining us today to share how her profound physical change impacted her life in, in actually a great way. Stephanie will share how she was enlightened by this accident and how physical trauma allowed her to channel her guides through journaling. Are you ready to be transformed and inspired to get in touch with your angels and guides to find answers that are already actually within us? Let's stop, stretch our minds, and listen so our personal world can be transformed, and then we can all embrace, change, and grow. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, You know, I know you're busy, and I just (laughs) love the whole message that we're going to talk about today so well. Thank you, Connie. Thanks so much for having me today. And and I just I want to share with everybody, uh, Steph, that I actually read the book. It's all full awakening and it is beyond inspiring and, and everyone at the end I'm gonna give you all the information as to where to buy um the book. Here's the thing, it was it was pretty short, Steph, too. It was only about hundred and forty eight pages. So it's easy. It's an easy read. You know, it's not a labor intensive book. So I do highly recommend it. And I, again, I'll, we'll share that at the end. So let's jump in, share with everybody
2: what your book, a soulful awakening is actually about. Sure. Well, first, thank you for the, for the compliments. And I'm glad that you found time to read it. And I did purposely write it um, as a short, easy read because I know that most of us are always under pretty um, tight Time constraints and feel like we have a short attention span sometimes. So I did write it, um, bearing in mind that I, I really wanted it to be almost like a spirituality 101 for people as a as an introduction for those of us that are just awakening. And also, um, because the book is full of such profound, amazing messages, it also reaches those who are farther along in their awakening. But essentially, the book, A Soulful Awakening. Um, transpired after a pretty severe accident that I had in 2012. And essentially it's about the deeper connection that we have to ourselves and to each other and the importance of realigning with our connection to our source as well as our true nature. So um, I'm really trying to bring home that we're we're not just humans having a spiritual experience, but we're eternal beings that are having a human experience and we're here to learn more about ourselves and our connection to each other to ourselves and and to the greater um source that's out there our universal source so the book's written um i've written the book from a personal perspective uh, where i've inserted personal stories that were challenging times for me in my life and at the time i looked at them as hindrances maybe blockages of some some sort and uh, and now that I've managed to awaken this connection to the non-physical realm and been able to ch- channel these amazing messages from our non-physical guides and teachers, I'm now able to look at those experiences from a different perspective and look at them as more of an opportunity for growth and opportunity as opposed to these blockages. So really what I'm trying to do through the book is, um, is help people to look at their own life experiences and th- to recognize that there's an opportunity for growth in everything. So although these are my stories, we all are learning the same lessons. We're learning about um, death and forgiveness and our egos and our emotions and fear and love and, and all these concepts. And there's a lesson in all of that. And although we're living our individual lives to our individual Circumstance and situations, the underlying lessons are the same. So really, it's it's a book that that we can all read and all gain from if we're open to the possibilities that exist within it.
1: Yeah, and and I have to tell you, I, I literally read it in a couple of days. You know, a couple of nights before bed, I you know read through it. So it it definitely that mindfulness of keeping it short is helpful because you know we're running. You're right. You're a mom. You know, and I just want to share with everyone. You were not a spiritual teacher <laughs> before the accident, which I'm going to ask you about in a second. So, you are a landscaper, right? You and your brother own a landscaping company up in BC, Canada. And the first time Stephanie and I talk, I just have to share this visual with everybody, Stephanie. She we we chatted to see if, if um the our connection was a good connection, right? To be able to talk about the sh- about the book and all of that. And she's like, Con, I'm standing aside and I have a you had a saw in one hand and a blade in the other and you had your Carhartt uh, overalls on, right? So <laughs> I yeah. want everyone to <laughs> it's oh. just a great picture, Steph. Come on. So here's this yeah. um you know, cool chick. You know, we're in our overalls with a blade and you know, you're teaching us about the spiritual enlightenment and really the, the cause and effect was or the the catalyst was your biking accident and I i do want you to share that next but i just wanted everybody to understand that you weren't always the spiritual leader and the yoga instructor and came up that realm you're an outdoors chick you know you're you're cutting trees down and you're doing this landscaping and you had this horrific accident so just share with everyone you know what that whole trauma you know what it revolved around
2: Sure. Well, and first I'll just sort of add on to to that. And at first I was a bit apprehensive about all of this and and what's going on. And to be perfectly honest, I still am to a certain degree because I don't have a doctorate. I, I you know I don't have the letters before my name, but when I really sat down and thought about it, I realized that this is an opportunity to really reach out to the average Joe out there. Who's just, you know, stuck in their head thinking, well, you know, how, how can I do this? I, I'm just a carpenter. I'm just a plumber. I'm just um, a stay at home mom. I'm just a daycare provider. I'm just a teacher. I'm just, we always tend to put the word just in front of us. I'm just, that's it. The truth. Well, not, yep. it it is. And And I'm just a landscaper, but I'm not just a landscaper and I'm not just a business owner. I'm not just a mom. I'm an eternal being, just as you are, and all of your listeners out there, we're eternal beings, we're all from the same source, we're all equal, we all have the same opportunities as the Wayne Dyers of the world and the Barbara DeAngelis and and all these amazing spiritual teachers who I draw from as well, and they're there as teachers, and they're inspirational, and they're motivational, and and they're, they're educated and spiritual, and they're all these amazing things. But you don't have to be a master of sorts we're all masters, in my opinion. So it's how you define the word master. So my, my mastery was tapped into upon a mountain biking accident that I had, as I mentioned, in 2012. And in my book, I do go into quite a bit of detail about the accident itself for those who sort of like to hear the, the blood and guts of things. And, As humans, I think we're kind of drawn to that for some reason, but I do go into detail in the book, but essentially I was on a mountain biking trip with my partner and my son uh, at Whistler, British Columbia, which is a pretty well-known ski hill, and in the summertime, they offer mountain biking. So we were on the mountain, and it's pretty unforgiving territory, and I made uh, an assumption, which I've learned from now, although I wouldn't change my circumstances at the time, but I I made an assumption, and... um, basically what happened was I came to a section where there was a jump and I thought I could just roll over this jump. I had no intentions of jumping it. I just thought I could merely roll over it. But what I didn't realize was that there was an eight-foot gap between the takeoff and the landing. And by the time I saw this gap, it was too late. And I slammed into the rock wall on the other side and fell into a rock gully below me with my bike landing on top of me. And I remember... At the time, not feeling any pain. Um, I felt like somebody or something was absorbing that pain for me. And I have a f- few moments that that went blank where I, I'm not really too sure what happened, or I wasn't at the time. I, I know now. And I, I, I didn't have any immediate recollection of the experience that took place while I was lying in the gully, but it later came to my attention during my recovery that during that moment of blankness, per se, I reunited with one of my guardians, who I know as Ruby, and was shown my physical and my non-physical atten- intention for this life. Uh, I was told that I, I chose not to see too much while on the other side because I didn't want to be—I uh, didn't want to reconsider my choice to return to this life, to come back to my body, and to continue my life here from this perspective, from a new perspective. And since then, it's become my mission to raise awareness to as many people who are willing and open and to share the knowing that was given to me that we are all being supported by our non-physical guides and teachers at every moment of every day and, and to really encourage people to see that within themselves lies their own truth, that they can transform their lives into their greatest desires without any external circumstances to feed that. Um, And before my accident, I was really unaware of my connection to the non-physical realm, although there was something inside me that knew I had some connection to something. I think most of us feel this way. But it it took this traumatic event to really catapult me into another way of existence, into this newfound reality that I'm now in. And it, it really wasn't until two days after my recovery that I realized that I'd returned from Whistler a completely changed and different person
1: let me let me ask you a question the The experience as horrific as it was now in retrospect, are you grateful for that that accident
2: or do you wish
1: it could have happened a different way? <laughs>
2: Well, I think one of the biggest changes and transformations that I've felt in myself is that I'm now grateful for every situation that comes into my life, and that is really what transformed within me, that yes, at the time, if I had stayed in this linear fashion where I look at, yeah. I looked at everything in, in this sort of blase kind of way. I wouldn't have seen the deeper meaning. I wouldn't have picked up on the deeper meaning, but now looking back at it, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, it was excruciating and it was painful and, and along with transformation also comes some inner turmoil and some inner pain. It, it's not something that you can really avoid. And um, and I still go through moments of that, but the whole process has been nothing but a blessing and the- Eyes. and that's really what I'm trying to bring forth to people is that when we're when we're faced with trying situations be it death be it injury be it illness um, be it a loss of job a breakup all these circumstances that we go through in life it's part of our it's part of our design it's part of our plan and these things come into our life as opportunities to grow from them and it's our choice to decide whether we're going to grow or whether we're going to shrivel up and and start hiding from the world because we're scared of what's going to happen so yes it's yeah. definitely changed me for the better and i wouldn't change it yeah
1: and and i just want to comment first the the when bad things happen to us i think there's two mindsets the woes me if i didn't have uh, bad luck i'd have no luck you've heard people say that right so you have people that continue to spiral and and don't see it as wow is this a wake up call wow this changed my perspective wow what is what is the universe or, or whoever your being is that's trying to tell me maybe i need to shift course or something like that i i think that Um, and it's funny because Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, you know who she is, right? So she, um, on one of her shows, she says that, uh, you know, the universe whispers, or God, whoever you Buddha, wh- whoever you you believe in. Okay, but it whispers to you like mm, maybe you should be doing this, mm, maybe you should be doing this. And we kind of are running, sleepwalking through life, right? We're running, running, ignore, ignore, and then bam, you hit the brick wall. In your case, the stone, you know, from in the mountain. Uh, and now it's like, okay, I was trying to get your attention this whole time, and you weren't listening to me. Now, bam, here it is, and you have to listen. So. I think, number one, what a great commentary that you started with, that here you're this landscaping owner, right, outdoorsy person, and you have the severe intervention. And you chose, because it is a choice, to pursue it and embrace it and see where it takes you, and thus the book has been created. So that's, that's awesome. And I think for the layperson, um, your introduction was dead on, just beautiful. And my other uh, takeaway – are you seeing that more and more people are positively responding to your message and they're open to this whole thought process or are you finding more resistance? No, I'm
2: not finding resistance at all. And when I do find resistance, which I, so I guess I am to a certain degree every now and then it's all in how I choose to, if I choose to buy into that resistance, I'm going to, I'm going to be on that wheel of resistance, but it's all in how you deliver yourself. And that's what a soulful awakening really teaches is about how to interact with the world in a really practical sense, how, how to really define how you interact with the world and looking at, at, how you can change subtly to create more of an outcome that you're looking for. So it really all comes down to shifting your awareness, shifting your perspective Overall, I've received nothing but amazing messages, emails, requests for their own personal messages from people because there's such an awakening going on. It's yeah. unbelievable, and and I just love it, and I, I'm so grateful for shows like yours, Archite- Architect of Change. Like, what an amazing title that is! Like, it's it, that's what we are. Thank and, you. And yeah, we are light. the
1: architects of our own change. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I I you love know, it, for all and. Those- and 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Uh, the, um, the topic of spirituality and the awakening and the shift in our paradigm of thinking, all those things, it has become a more, I have found, even in the corporate world, which is kind of weird uh, because you think of corporate as, you know, stodgy and, and stuffy. And when you start talking about your guardians and angels and you see people going, do you have a lady that can see angels or where do you go for your readings? Or, you know, what spiritual books are you reading? It has become a commonplace topic, even in corporate America that during lunch people were talking about this stuff. And it, it, inspires me and it blows me away a little bit at the same time just because of the backdrop that we're in a corporate kind kind of training room you know so that's kind of cool let's take one quick break and then when we come back um, you said you didn't remember the experience and found out later through your guardian ruby Um, and I just want you to share was that through a channeled message a vision so just share what that experience was all right so we'll take a quick break and then come back and talk about ruby
0: A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we
1: are back with Stephanie Banks author of A Soulful Awakening. Um, After having a horrific mountain biking accident, she is here to share her story, um, and and, and it's an inspirational story with that. So um, now Ruby, your guardian, was the one who shared what happened to you. Did I understand that correctly? During one of your journaling experiences. Is that right? Did I get that?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, basically after my accident, I I had to sit still and and, – and recover which is a very difficult thing for me to do and as i was sitting still i i it came it it became quite clear that i was now channeling messages because i'm a writer and i started writing and i was writing and writing and writing and and that's kind of a whole another aspect of this i guess interview or the book but um through those messages i became really curious as to what was going on and and where these messages were coming from and i I needed some sort of confirmation um, for myself. I think that's you know we operate from from that level, sometimes from our mind. I need some confirmation, I need some proof. So I, I went to see a friend of mine who um, who has been working in the energy work for many, many years, and he deals with past life regression, all these kinds of things. and, and I really respect him. Um, as, as an, a friend and, um, and also somebody who's working in this field. So I asked him if I could come over and, and read him some of these messages and get his input. Essentially, I was looking for confirmation. And so we met at his office, and, and I read him some of these messages, and he was just blown away and amazed by them. And um, a lot of the messages were talking about concepts that he's pondered for many years throughout his life. And so, when we were there, he suggested that we try to tra- channel through my body, um, as he had done this with a couple of previous clients. So, I didn't hesitate at all, and, and we took a few minutes and wrote down a few questions. And and you have to remember, at this point, I had no idea that I had actually died and had this experience with, with Ruby. Um, it came out through this live channeling. So, uh, he guided me into a deep state of meditation, and he also... Um, ask that if possible I would remember certain aspects of the conversation and um, which I remember very little I remember a a few little pieces here and there but I do remember that I had my own experience while my partner Steve and my other friend were experiencing this live channel for me I was sitting in a boat um, at the base of a beautiful cliff and um, while Ruby was talking through me and when I returned to my body, out of this meditative state, they they filled me in on everything that had happened. And um, one of the things that they were told was that I had died during this bike crash. Momentarily, I had left my body. I had um, met up with with my guardian Ruby, um, as well as some of my other guides, and I was shown my my life uh, here on Earth. And I was shown what I had planned. For my life and I was told that I had requested a wake-up call by this point in my life had I not awoken to what I was here to do so I had pre-planned this for myself in this lifetime but I was just guiding to you know gliding through like like most of us do working sleeping eating taking a holiday here and there but nothing much deeper than that and um, I do remember sitting in the chair during this channeling when I was in this meditative state at one point and apparently it was when he was talking about this death and I I remember feeling like I was being pulled into this vortex and my world just started spinning and I could feel this one tear just trickle down my cheek and it coincided with this um, information about this this death that I had had so when I after I absorbed all this information I really wanted to to hear it for myself so I later asked for a message from Ruby about that experience and so that I could see it, read it and uh, refer to it as as I needed so I have this amazing message from Ruby that details it all for me.
1: And and I don't know if you'd like to do this. I would love to if you could read a piece of that message. But before you, are you do you have that available? I don't I don't want to put you on the spot if you can't.
2: Uh, no, I I have that actually pretty close by most of the time.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, I know right? because people say read that to me. But here's my other question: As Steve, Steve, your partner, your husband was in the room while you were being regressed, correct? And um, I, I understood that right. Steve was in the room with you. Yes. Okay, was he freaked out?
2: <laughs> no, Steve doesn't really freak out about much of anything. He, he, was, more, he was more amazed by the, the whole thing, and it, was so, and it just happened so freely and naturally, and just like the messages, they just flow out, and it was the same sort of experience where there was just this constant dialogue with Ruby and with my other friend who was doing this work did
1: did your husband believe or was he spiritually aware maybe again like you living you know running the business living life raising your son all those things but was he open to the whole concept of this awakening this that we have guides and all these spiritual things um was he open to that prior to this whole experience for you from you
2: well we we never talked about it it wasn't a topic of conversation it wasn't something that we ever really thought about or discussed it was, we we didn't go to yoga we didn't do meditations we didn't do we drank green tea every now and then but <laughs> aside from that <laughs> this was you know pretty new but what what it didn't take much for steve to shift his own awareness because he was seeing such profound changes both within myself and then I was tra- and then I was also taking that to work with me and being just free and open with my employees and I was just so amazed by these messages. I felt like I had to share them within means. I wasn't, you know, standing on the street handing out pamphlets of everything that I had written but <laughs> I was I was <laughs> I was definitely- That's a great visual.
1: There's Stephanie, you know, <laughs> the end of the world, right? With the sign, the end of the world. You're so funny, um, but people you knew. But so you were really honest with people you knew and shared
2: your experience. Again, I I think because you feel safe around people you know, right? So, and I wanted to share it. I was like, this is amazing stuff. Like this isn't this isn't me. This is this is coming from a higher place. This is coming from source energy. This is this is more and. You know, now that I go back and read some of these messages and share them with with people that are are more are well are well versed in this whole genre, I'll say something that's you know part of a, a message, and apparently that has come from a spiritual master from you know the 1600s, like word for word. And I and this is where I, I think it's really important to remember that. We all are connected. We have the same connecting link. The idea is to get to a place where that connecting link is clean and yeah. open. And, and then we find our own connection. And we can draw from the same place that all these other amazing masters throughout the course of time have drawn from.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Um, read, can you read just a, a real quick passage? Uh, uh, for the one from Ruby talking to you might be kind of cool for everybody to hear, to get a concept of what they're writing through you.
2: Sure, okay. Um, so this is just a little excerpt here. Dear child, you were engaged with source through a direct line. From this vantage point, you saw your eternal life as well as your human life. You did not hesitate to reinstate with your physical body. You interpreted your accident as you formally designed yourself to, as a reconnection to all that is through trauma. In your, practical, in your particular experience, you requested a wake-up call at this stage in your life if you had not awoken yet. You and I glided through yourself and all existence as your physical body embedded itself in the gully momentarily. Although... The time frame seemed short in linear time. This experience we shared was endless. You asked to see the others who guide you daily, and together we witnessed your soul reignite and reunite with all. You chose to experience life through your direct line and made a conscious decision to assist others in the same way. This was your driving force that catapulted you back to earthly reality. You chose not to see too much as you did not want to reconsider your choice. Your heart stopped briefly as trauma built up and created blockages, but as quickly as it stopped, it resumed again as your soul made the final decision to resume life on earth, but with a renewed sense of self. You chose to hold on to conscious thought and intent in your heart in such a way that it would drive your existence.
1: Awesome. That's That's just awesome. Say that again, I'm sorry.
2: And that's exactly what happened. I just came back. You didn't know it.
1: But you didn't know that until you were in your friend's office, and he did the regression, and then Ruby channeled through you in the writing. And um, I just want to pause here, and then when we come back uh, after I do this little quick thing, I want to share with everyone how the channeling started. And I, I believe in the book it says the first channeling message actually came from your mom. And kind of freaked you out because it was even in your mom's handwriting, right? So when we come back, I just want to, if we could start there. But here's the thing. I just want to ask the listeners because I'd like to engage them. I hope that all of you are kind of intrigued, inspired, um, curious about what Stephanie and I are talking about today. And also, I hope that this perhaps might be a catalyst for you instead of hitting a concrete or, 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 in Stephanie's case, a mountain, the side of a mountain, that maybe this is a, a piece of your awakening to how we are all connected, how how we behave and things we say and how we act have full impact on others That because of this connection. And, and I just want to share in um, in Stephanie's book, A Social Awakening, the common theme also that the guides talk about and that Stephanie, you write about is that love is the most deep rooted emotion that we have. And, you know, in our fairy tales, it says, you know, love's uh, kiss, right, heals all or brings bring, bring sleeping beauty back. But even in your book, the guides have kind of shared that message that love is such a critical component of who we are and, and how we're connected and we judge and we get angry and we um, are nasty to people and we need to stop that. I mean, that's just another piece of uh, what we're talking about today, this whole connection. So, again, I want you to go out and buy Stephanie's book. That's number one. And at the end, Stephanie will share where to get it. And, and I, I will go, I'm going to put that also on the Web Talk Radio website. In addition, you guys go out. Gary Zukav's uh, "Is Spiritual Partnership" is the name of his book, and I believe, Steph, that was the first book you read
2: after your accident. Correct? It was. Yeah. I, I, what happened was briefly is I, I needed to, to all of, I needed to see what other people were writing. I, I had never sure. heard of Wayne Dyer. I'd never heard of Eckhart Tolle. I'd never heard of Gary Zukav, and I. Walked into the library, this book jumped off the shelf, and I picked it up and read it, which was the Gary Zukav Spiritual Partnership book, and I opened it up, and honestly, it was just like opening up the journals that I had been channeling these messages. It just all seemed to be coming from the same source in the same place, and there was just so much confirmation, and I looked for a lot of confirmation at the beginning of all of this. I still do, but it's a little bit less. I'm I'm gaining trust, and that's the big thing that I'm trying to teach other people is to just have trust in yourself and faith.
1: Did you, were you freaked out by this whole experience initially?
2: Completely. I was totally yeah. freaked out at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did but, you almost, but, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, in, in a good way, though, it was more like a, a real, uh, I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where this was coming from. I I, I just had no idea, and uh, eventually I I talked to some people that I'm really close with, some that have very clinical backgrounds and have also known me since the age of 14. And I shared these messages with them and and got a lot of input and then reading other people's um, books and what they had to say. I just realized that this is what's going on. You know, we are in the heat of powerful times. We're in a time of change. And these are all concepts that were initially brought to me through my own writing. And now when when I read all these other people, they're saying the same thing. So to me, that was huge. Like this is, this is truth, this is what's going on, and I'm just going to go with this. This is information that I don't want to stop. I want to share.
1: Yeah, You're just a catalyst of the information. Um, So you guys, if you are intrigued, you can reach out to Stephanie and again, I'll put this link on the website, but it's stephaniebanks.org. And there's a sheet um, to contact Stephanie, It's contact Stephanie form. um, Once you go into stephaniebanks.org and you can, you know, reach out to her, ask her for readings, right? Whatever, any questions they might have correct stuff that you'll communicate through that venue on the, on the flip side. If you have stories, please share them with me as well. I know Stephanie will, will circle back and share them with me, but I would love to hear from you guys as well. So send me your stories: how you overcome, how you've inspired, how you've changed, how you know what your awakening might have been like, um, and send that to Connie at whitmanisos.com. So it's C-O-N-N-I-E at and then W-H-I-T-M-A-N dot um or you can go to my website, which is com, and I also have a contact page there um, as well. And you can join me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Are you on Facebook and LinkedIn, Steph? I never asked you that.
2: I am on Facebook. There under Stephanie Banks. There's, for some reason, there. I have two um, pages. If you end up on any bank page where there's nothing on it, go to the other Stephanie Banks page.
1: Okay, cool. So everybody could communicate with you that way. I'll tell you, technology and all of these um, digital platforms really do make it easier for us to talk as a community, which is kind of cool as well. So, guys, message here, share your stories. Uh, Steph and I would definitely love to hear it. So let's, let's come back and talk about your first message, which is actually, was actually from your mom. And she had passed away in 1998? Six. 96,
2: okay. Uh, so tell us about that experience, because that was really the first message that came through. That was, yeah, that was the first message that came through. And um, basically what happened was I was pacing around my house. I was feeling pretty depressed. Pressed and angry with myself, I was in the the height of a landscape season, and we have upwards of 27 employees at any given time. So this happened in August, and it was the worst time possible for me to be injured. So I was really beating myself up about that, and and I woke up on the second day, and I thought I I just need to do something a little bit more proactive with my time than fall into this slump. So I thought, well, maybe I'll start writing again. I've always liked to write, so I sat down with a journal on my deck and. As I was sitting there trying to contemplate what to write about, um, I realized that I had already been writing, and my hand had stopped, and I saw my mom's name at the bottom of a page, and I was really confused and bewildered, and I went back and started to read what I had written, and the first thing I I noticed was that it wasn't my my penmanship. The penmanship matched that of my mom, who died in 1996. And I recognized her printing immediately, just like we all would if we, you know, picked up a yeah, letter from our Yeah,
1: yeah, whoever. I know my mom's handwriting. Absolutely, sure.
2: So that was the first thing that gave me goosebumps. And then I went and read this message, and it was, um, it was amazing. She was talking about um, how we're in the in this extreme time of change, and my my door to the other side had been closed, but now it was open and to start to um, foster that and to know that she's there and that my guides are there and um, just all sorts of information. The, the message itself, I did, although it's personal, I did share it in the book because it is personal, yet at the same time, it it's for everybody. And I, I did put that message in the book. And what's interesting about the messages is that was my first message, message, and it, it is kind of choppy. And I all the messages in the book are... Verbatim. I didn't change a word, even though spell check when I was edit- having the book edited, my editor was telling me I should be changing certain things in the messages, but I just left them as is because I think as soon as you start tampering with them, you open up the possibility for me to be interpreting in a certain way, and I, it's not what I wanted. So when you read the messages, if you read the book, you'll see that the messages throughout the book kind of shift and and change a little bit and become a lot more fluid as time progresses. But it was an amazing message for me. And I feel closer to my mom now than I, um, well, maybe not closer, but just as close. I know that she's there. I feel her. I, I sense her. Sometimes I smell her. I sit down and I ask for a message from her and she's there.
1: Yeah. And I I just, you smell her. I just want to share a quick story. My younger sister um, was very close to our grandfather, and he was a smoker. And that was that generation, you know, the early 1980s, 1800s, early 1900s. They all smoked. And she says to this day, like, she, she loves to read. She's an avid reader. And she was like, she'll be in bed, and something will be going on in her life that she has to make a decision, or something's not going well, or she's not feeling well. And she says that as soon as she feels that disharmony within herself, she smells the cigarette smoke, and she knows my grandfather is with her. She says it's, it's, there is no doubt in her mind, and she says it's been happening for years. So that's another curious thing that you said—the smell of your mom. Um, I I wonder how many people haven't smell something and think, "Oh, I, well, that smells like..." and that's that person probably with you. Um, you might not have realized that. So that's very cool. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's just such a cool. You know, your senses are all alive with, and you're getting messages mm-hmm. all different ways. So that's that's a pretty cool thing. Now the um, with your mom's message in in the book, um, she talked to you or, or she said, and, and I put wrote this down. Treasure each breath. Do you think that that was mom being mom you know telling you that or was it again hoping that that message would get out to all of us
2: I feel that it's a combination of both I feel that it's mom being mom and it and it's mom coming to all of us from a higher level I mean moms and dads and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles friends enemies don't exist on that level like they do here treasuring each breath is a prominent message that has come through by numerous different guides. And um, really what that message is saying is to be grateful for every moment that you wake up or or that you take in a breath and to experience in each moment, everything that there is to be experienced. And from their perspective uh, on the other side, they know that, every interaction and every experience has a lesson for us that's guiding us down our path. And um, through gratitude for these experiences and through these lessons, this is where we'll grow. This is where we um, experience true transformation. And it all starts with the breath. Without our breath here in physical form, we wouldn't be able to experience life in this way, and as a collective, this is how we've chosen to experience our life. We, this is my my belief, and it seems to be a, a belief by many others, that we've we've come here as a group, as a collective consciousness, and we've chosen to experience life in this way. And part of this experience is to breathe. Without the breath, we don't have these opportunities to grow and transform. So mm-hmm. she was really pointing out and driving something home to all of us, to be grateful for every moment that we wake up and to remember that through our breath, we are connecting not only to our lungs, but we're connecting to each other. And through our breath, with conscious intent, we remember that we are connected, that we're all one, and that when we feel this incredible urge to be self sufficient and independent and and all these things that we tend to do especially in North America and we we sever ourselves from each other and when we're severing ourselves from each other we're also severing our own roots and our own breath to one another
1: yeah and and you know Wayne Dyer talks a lot' that's Wayne Dyer uh, talks a lot about gratitude and being present in the moment and all these things that we all hear. But the breath, when, when I read that in your book, it, it, it really, I paused because I thought, yeah, it all comes down to this simplistic idea of by breathing, we are connected by the air the air is all around us. It's all around the world. It's all, it's in our, it's on the earth, right? It's, it's in our, our atmosphere. So that was just such a moving, um, Uh, passage, you know, and, and, and really, again, you're right. It wasn't just your mom. It was the link of the book was that breath and that connection um, to each other. And it's sad because we are all, Oh, when I get that raise, Oh, when I'm on vacation, Oh, this, Oh, that it's always, I want what I want, what I need, instead of just saying, Holy, Holy crap. I got everything I need right here, right now. And you know what? I don't need it tomorrow. I have it now. And that gratitude of love and, and that connection is just so important. And we forget. We really forget. Another well, interesting I, it, question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Well, I, I was just going to um, to elaborate a little bit and, and to remind everybody that it's the simple things in life. Like yeah. it may seem like spirituality is this big thing profound concept but it's actually really quite simple it's a simple thing to do to be grateful for the food on our table to be grateful for the clothes that we that we wear and and all these things and even when you feel that you don't have anything to be grateful for when you're in one of those really dark caverns of your life where everything just seems to be going wrong the thing to remember in those moments is that find something to be grateful for Find yeah. something, even if it's just one thing, find something to be grateful for and really focus on that, and you will start picking up momentum in your life, heading in that direction that you want to go.
1: Yeah, it happens. The universe really does provide. It, it, towards the end of the book, you, you talk about, we, there's a passage about gratitude, and you ask the one of the guides or any of the guides as you present it about your son and how you feel that this generation, that they are ungrateful. And I, I don't, you don't say that in a bad way. You, you say it as if they don't know what they have because they've never been starving. You know, our kids, they i not starving. You don't know what starving is. There's really children in this world that haven't eaten in three days, you know, that's starving. So our kids don't, don't understand the gratitude piece, and just share, and again, I don't want to put you on the spot because I'm picking specific things from the book, but um, what was the reaction from the guides? That several of them responded <laughs> with this question, and I read that three times, this section, <laughs> because I have two boys, and then I think they don't know what they have, you know, and they're good kids. But that gratitude um, is definitely a missing link with with uh, different generations. So, I'll, what did the what did the guides tell you?
2: Well, to be honest, I don't remember specifically exactly what they said, but the general gist of that conversation was that you have to be hungry to really understand being starving. You yeah. you can't just you can't just tell somebody to be grateful for the food that they. That they don't, ha- or that they could not have, kind of thing. So I actually contemplated going on a three-day fast with my son <laughs> just to show him what it <laughs> feels like to be hungry. But that might not go over so well with social services, so I didn't do that. Yeah. But all, all, all I, all I can bad. really, and and I think we all, as parents, and and even not just as parents, but those of us who have nieces or nephews or around kids, feel that that they're not being grateful in, in a lot of ways. And it all starts from what they're learning, what they're seeing are, are you taking time to um, stop before you eat and be thankful for your food? And to be honest, I don't do this as, as much as I should. And, you, you know, you don't have to go back to that old paradigm of a religious belief that you sit and say grace before dinner, but even just before bed, one of the, ha- the habits that I've gotten into with my son, who's now 12, and he really is um, turning into quite an amazing boy, although he's still a 12-year-old boy living in
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> in North America. He has his moments. He still loves his Xbox and was addicted to his phone and all these kinds of things. But sure. he he's learning the importance of gratitude and to express those things out loud. And we say it together. He doesn't always say it, but I'll at least say it with him. You know, thank you for an amazing day. Thank you universe for taking care of us today. Thank you for our connection to our friends. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our our food. Simple, simple things that you, you can do with your, your kids to, so that it becomes a habit. You know, we're, we're creatures of habit. And by expressing these things, the universe hears it and the universe responds just like the universe will respond if we um, ask for a message. I I would never think about sitting down and and just saying, you know, I would really like to have a message for Connie that just seems wrong. I would always start with some sort of gratitude. All my messages start with thank you universe. Thank you for sharing with me all your profound wisdom and guidance and for opening this, Connections. So simple, simple things that can be applied into your daily life.
1: Great. That's, that's great advice. Uh, I'm telling you, I I know I have a lot of parents that are listeners and we all struggle. Let's face it. We all struggle with the same, (laughs) the same issues, right? And that, you know, the Xbox, the phone, all of the technology that these kids have, they oftentimes don't lift their head up. I'm going to say, because they're always connected to the technology and we need to be connected to each other so it was just it was a brilliant section um in the book as well and for all the parents out there uh, just well worth just reading um there's so many messages but as a parent i, I thought that was kind of cool let's take one last break and then we have about 13 minutes when we come back I, i'm curious and i bet the the um listeners are as well channeling you, you do channeling through the writing have there been any other and i'm going to say side effects and i don't mean that in a bad way but have there been any other aha things that are going around other than the channeling so let's take a break and then we come back if we could talk about that that'd be cool
0: it's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman, contain that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path and nothing will ever be the same Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420 that's 732-888-1420 or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com call Connie turn that shame into your game
1: Okay, we have another few minutes with Stephanie Banks, author of A Soulful Awakening, um, and that near-death experience that you have this channeling gift through writing, and which is cool in and of itself, and the book illustrates all of the different guides. Their their um, presentation is very different also, so that's kind of cool. Have you experienced any other gifts other than the channeling?
2: Well, I, I've... To answer that um, in, a, in a sort of short and concise way, the channeling now is, although it's the channeling that has brought about these changes, the gift is within the messages of these channeled messages. And yeah. there's so many of them. My entire life has has changed. Although I'm still a landscaper, I still go to work, like, like you said earlier, I still wear my Carhartts and operate <laughs> trucks and trailers and feel guilty about the pollution that I'm contributing to the world and, and that kind of thing. But the way that I interact with the world, the way I interact with people, the way I interact with myself has become so much more expanded. It's transformed just by reading the messages. And the messages that I included in the book Social awakening are fundamental messages that really shifted me to a different place, to a place of heightened awareness. I can now, it's almost like I can stand back and look at my life and how I'm interacting with people around me and situations from uh, almost uh, as a witness, as opposed mm. to being so close into it that I can't see clearly. So when I feel like somebody's pressing my buttons, and more often than not, it's my 12-year-old son because his hormones are raging. <laughs> but Or or, or, it's a, or it's a client that's giving me a hard time or I, I'm just feeling agitated because I'm tired and a little bit cranky and I want to get through that lineup in the grocery store. Those are the moments where these messages really come back and and remind me to come from a place of love, come from a place of compassion. Mm. If I buy into my son's aggression or agitation with aggression and agitation we all know that what that's going to do right peace spirals spirals out of of control yeah it just spirals out of control so the the biggest gift to me is becoming more aligned with myself and learning how to do that really simply through these messages So, so honestly sometimes i would just read a message and i'm hearing this from other people all over the globe that they'll transform just in a matter of 148 pages. I get it. I understand now. I I see that. You stop judging yourself. you, You stop judging other people. And it all starts with yourself. How do you feel about yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you trust yourself? Everything's a reflection in life. That's another big gift I've, come, I've received from all of this, that I look at everything as a reflection. If I interact with you from a negative, fearful, controlling, manipulative standpoint just to get what I want, well, I know it's just going to come back to me that way, and I don't want that, and I don't want to contribute that to the world. So. there's just been so many transformations within me that I've now been able to share, which is the biggest gift of all, receiving emails from people in the morning before I go to work. And, you know, thank you for sharing your experience and your story. This is what happened to me. Giving people an opportunity to talk about the things that they may otherwise be afraid to talk about and to help people understand that it's okay to talk about these things because there's so many of us that want to that have had our own experiences that know that there's more that ask the same questions. Why am I here? Who am I? What's my purpose? What happens to me when I die? These aren't questions that, that just, you know, pop into one or two heads here and there. I think for the most part, we're all asking these questions and we want to be able to talk about it and discuss it. So really for me, I've become more in, in tune with myself, more in line with myself. And because of that, all these synchronicities just start aligning, and 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 that I talk about quite a bit in in the book. That once we become aligned with our higher self, then all of a sudden you're telling your innate, your your the part of you that knows your innate self knows it just knows, and what it communicates to your intuition is what you're telling it. So if you're telling it, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Your innate self is going to pass that message on to your intuition, which says to your intuition, she's not good enough. Don't align any of these things that we could align for her because she's not good enough. She's not ready. When you mm-hmm. change that and, and know that you're good enough, now, you're in, now your innate is telling your intuition, she's ready. Start aligning. All the synchronicities, she needs to, to be aligned and the momentum just picks up and, and things just start happening like you wouldn't believe.
1: Yeah. You know, the universe really does conspire to give us what we need. And, you know, people have heard these cliches, but they're more than cliches. There's truth in them. You know, our thoughts become our reality. So if you think that you aren't good enough, you're not worthy, you're not likable, you're not lovable, you're repelling it. That's what you're telling the world to do. Stay away from me because I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. We really, really need to get in touch with our higher selves. And that brings me to my next question. So I think a lot of people channel messages or deliver message ideas from beyond, right, from, from our higher selves, from our guides, through our angels, whatever whatever you want to call it. Do you have any advice for people that think they might be channeling or how to channel or how to get connected to our higher
2: self? Well, I think the the first step in that is to to get to know yourself, to really start looking at your own um, belief systems. Oftentimes the things that we do are for other people. and granted, we you know we' we are here to serve others, and I'm a huge proponent of that. But we really need to be doing the things that make sense to us, not necessarily things that were you've adopted from your parents or your coaches or your religious figures or whatever growing up to really start to understand yourself and follow your highest Excitement in every given moment within the choices that you have. So you're in your house and you're like, okay, I have to do my dishes, I have to do laundry, I have to feed the donkeys, I have to do whatever it is that I need to do right now. I don't really want to do any of those. Well, pick the one that appeals to you the most.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And when you start picking the things that appeal to you the most, spending time learning about yourself, what makes you tick, what makes you happy, you become in alignment with yourself, and then you've started to really clean up that, that link that's connecting you. As far as channeling per se, I think if you're a writer, an artist, a musician, a snowboarder, a hiker, you'll know when you're in alignment to, to source. You'll feel it. You'll, you'll just have this deep sense of peace. This, it'll feel like time has just stopped and and you'll tap into your own abilities. Channeling can come out in so many different forms. It's not restricted just to writing. This is just how I, this is how my form of channeling. I don't see spirits or angels around me. I don't even see auras. I'm not very good at that. This is my form. Everybody will find out what their own form is. For one quick tip I, I think is really important is to clean up your physical body. Yes. Start changing your diet, changing your thoughts, changing your, you, the water that you put into your, into your system with a clean body, I think you start to align um, yourself a little bit better. Yeah. I, I
1: hired a, a health coach. She was on my show uh, a few weeks ago. Her name is Sheila uh, Peeler. Shout out to my Sheila. And actually every other week she comes to the house and she's, you know, she's working with the four of us because all four of us my have two boys and a, and a husband, uh, Stephanie, I don't think I ever told you that. Anyway, um, she comes and deals with my older son. He has lost 20 pounds, and he works out. She's tweaked his workout. He goes to the gym faithfully. loves it. My little guy likes to play the roller hockey, more of the team thing, and he's lost several pounds. And my husband and I, we all have different issues. And that was what our topic was yesterday when she was here about the the toxicity of our bodies and how we have to eliminate and that there are supplements for GI benefits balance and all these other things. So there's so many sources of information available on that topic. And I agree when you, you feel good physically, you think more clearly right in in your brain. And then I I think that helps with the connection. And I just, I I know we have like a couple of seconds, but you said that everybody channels in a different way. I had an experience with a client. I, I was doing executive coaching with him. He's a small business owner. And as we were talking this one day, I started rattling off different ways for him to grow his business, different things he could do in the digital marketing, little things he could do on his website. And it wasn't things that I had researched for him. It just came out. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking? And at the end, he said to me, he was taking notes, and he said to me, oh, my God, where did that come from? And my and it was funny because I said to him, I'm not really sure. I think someone <laughs> is talking through me to you to help you bring your business to the next level. I can't tell you where those thoughts came from. They were not in my notes to talk to you today or in any preparation. And when we looked back and went through them, they were freaking brilliant. And I'm just not that brilliant, Stephanie, to be honest <laughs> <So, laughs>
2: with well, you. Well, know, that's, here... that's so beautiful. That's such a great example of yeah like, of channeling. And to recognize that that it's within all of us, you know, and I've had a few people that have read the book that have written to me after and, and said that's all I needed. I can now communicate with my father who died, you know, three years ago. Wow. Um, you know, and all these physical things that we're talking about, the diet, the thought processes, all these things, they're crucial and they're important, but at the same time, it's important to just reiterate that if you go out on your mountain bike and slam into a rock wall and you're not healthy, it can still happen. It you don't necessarily have to do it so forcefully like I do. But a shift can happen just with a few words, a lyric, a touch. It's it's inner, you will know it. It's a transformation that happens within. And then from there to build on that is where all these physical things come into play.
1: Yeah. And I just think your message is um, clear. And I, I, my last, because we really have a minute, but the, do you think that some people think it's their imagination versus that channeling in some way might be happening to them? Who cares? Right, really? Exactly. Their imagination like, really like, might be channeling. Really,
2: well, really, in the end, it, it's what I, if it's working for you, and this is what I really try to emphasize in the book, too, in the introduction, that it doesn't matter where you think these messages are necessarily coming from. Don't close the book just because you may not believe in channeling. Mm -hmm. Don't close your own door to something just because you're worried about where it's coming from. That's a boundary. That's a limitation. That's a restriction. That's an insistence on something that you may believe on some level that you don't even know that you're (laughs) exerting. So it doesn't really matter if it, if it resonates with you and it creates a change or a shift or a want or a a desire to move to a better place, then just go with that.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. If it's good, it's good <laughs> feel it live it believe it and just share it and and i think you really are a testament to just that my final comment um a, a silly question are you going to write another book oh you're yeah still channeling. <laughs> yeah i i i had a yeah. feeling there had to be a sequel coming i and and you have you have um, an advocate i will recommend this book to people who want to increase their Um, awareness, awakening, you know, they're on that path, trying to find that inner peace, whatever anybody calls it, this book is really a a key. It really is a key to unlock that doorstep. It it was, uh, it's life-changing. And I, I hope that this conversation and them hearing you, because here's my other takeaway, you are a cool chick. You're just fun to talk to. You're a normal mom, you know, you're a working gal and all those things, and then you have this crazy, you know, horrible accident and look at the beauty that's come from it and, and your ability to share it. And by the way, her writing, to read the book, you guys, it's her Seth's writing is just beautiful to read. It flows. Um, she, you don't use big words that I had to keep looking up in the dictionary. Again, I'm not that brilliant. So, um it's just for, it's for all of us, the average Joe's out there, and I, I just I can't, I can't tell you how much I love the book and how inspiring it is for me and how I'm dealing with, with my children mostly, um, because I think I find myself nicer to clients than my kids, which is a terrible thing to say. But <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah it, it happens, and like you say, it, it is a key, it was a key for me and it's been a key for, for so many. I haven't received a negative comment about the book yet, and I'm just blown away by that. And yeah. you can find it, if you looking for if anyone's looking for a signed copy, they can order it directly off my website, which is stephaniebanks.org, or it's on all the main sites online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, that kind of thing. And just, you know, we're all here to spread the light and spread the word together, and I'm just doing my share.
1: Yeah, and really it's all about that love, right? Sharing the love. When you break it down to its most simpler form, just let's share the love with each other. Um, Steph, thank you so much again. uh, Just don't hang up real quick uh, before we we, um, end. I want to give you a personal thank you. So I hope you guys today that everything we talked about is helpful. I hope it's a catalyst for you to broaden your scope of thinking. Again, the first book Stephanie read, Gary Zukav, again, to kind of finalize or or reiterate what was going on made sense uh that book was spiritual partnership or uh ruth montgomery's another good book A World beyond so there's there's a ton out there if you guys want to do more research um a good starting place is the soulful awakening with my good friend stephanie here um trust me it's worth you know the few bucks it costs great summer reading and it really will change your life I'll post the website to uh, StephanieBanks.org so that you guys could connect with Steph and also be able to purchase the book through her website if you want the signed copy, et cetera. Um, Steph, thank you again so much for being on the show, and um, I hope I didn't make you run late today. Um, thank you. All so. of you, it was yeah, my, really my pleasure. You're, you're a delight to talk to. Uh, everyone out there, I hope that uh, you enjoyed the show. I hope you go out and inspire the world and, and fill it with love. You guys have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, and it's on webtalkradio.net. Again, share the love, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks again.
0: You've been listening to the Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here.